Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Um, man, what a night we had here. Super fun show. <sighs> and this was a show that was suggested to us by one of our listeners, Kristen Humphreys. She's our, yeah, our, new, our new buddy. Artist. Yeah, our new buddy um, who sent us those amazing postcards. I'm looking at the postcards on my desk yeah, right now. Our beautiful handwritten postcards. Uh, you know, thanks for the email too. Uh, Kristen, she's she's like, I, I thanks for the shout out from the last show, yeah. and she's like, no, yeah, don't throw away the envelope. I think that's what she said. She's like, don't throw away the envelope. That's I'm like, I don't want it. to. It's, it's too. It. It's beautiful. It's I don't want to throw that thing away. It's sitting right here. It's not going so, anywhere. It's anyway, right she she listens to a podcast called the Dark Art Society podcast, and was like, hey, you should really check out this guy Chet Czar. He's pretty cool. I think yeah. you guys are a little like minded, and you mm-hmm. know, so. I tell Scott, like, hey, look look that guy up, you know, see if he wants to come talk with us and hang out, Mm -hmm. which he does. Mm -hmm. And then it was just today that I started doing the background research for Chet, and I was like... Yeah, way to procrastinate. It's, as explained in the show, that's not procrastination. I Mm -hmm. always do my research the day of, so it's fresh in my head. Ah. I have a a brain that if, a memory that if you tip it like a cup, everything just falls out of it. Yeah. I don't remember stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. So... I listened that day, and then when I started looking up his art, I was I just. <gasps> well, I, I mentioned I, that. I know we talk yeah. about this. I know in the intro, but I was I've like, his name I know his yeah. art. Holy, holy bleep! Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How cool is this going to be? You know, and then I watched his documentary, which we talk about in the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is Chet Czar. I paint. I. L- I like to paint monsters. I like to paint monsters. Why do we monsters? keep screwing up the title? And you started screwing it up. Now I, I started screwing it up. It. I, I blame yep. you first. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, it was a really cool documentary. And oh, it was so good. We, we of course, geeked out over Chet's amazing dark yeah, art. Yeah, um, And Chet has an, an, a strong interest in the paranormal and has had a lifelong, uh, a life full of interesting, weird paranormal things happen to him. So we are going to have him back on <laughs> at a future date. Okay, so here's, here's to what- To also yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah here's the, kind of what happened. We we went nuts and nerded out and went crazy, all of us together here talking, which is, I, I live for stuff like that. Um, but we did, we all did realize at the end of it, we're like, we only talked about paranormal stuff for a couple minutes and we just freaked out about everything else, which is all fantastic. It's good because if, especially if you don't know his art, I think it's a good introduction this to This is Chet. important, yeah. It's a good introduction to the dark art movement. Yeah. And this, of course, is going to send you to your keyboard or your phone to type in dark art or mm-hmm. Chet Czar and look at all of this type of art. Instagram's a great place to find artists like this and then just go down a rabbit hole and look at other people that follow particular artists. Um, yeah. Pinterest is actually good for this kind of thing too because you get to see all these other someone pinned this in their dark art folder and you can just look at all that kind of stuff but it's it's a cool art movement happening it's been going on for a while now and it's it's gaining a lot of traction there's a lot of people interested in it and i think a lot of listeners of this show Mm -hmm. have an extreme interest in dark art which is also why we've been talking about art so much lately and we've had a lot of cool people on. We started the um, year off like this, and yeah, I, with and Alessandro I wanna, Keegan. Yeah, I want to do. I want to do more of this. I think. I, I know we're learning a lot of really interesting stuff as a result of this, and I'm. You know, I'm sorry, guys, that not every week we we have a different ghost hunting I group know. on to talk to or and, something and, like and that. And that's but, part of part of us too, as hosts. Like we like to learn things that are totally new to us too, because yes, we we like ghost hunting and paranormal stuff and all that. We of love course, it, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, talking There's about... a lot more out in the world, yeah. I think, and we've, I, we explained this uh, in our discussion with Chet tonight, um, that there is a definite uh, <laughs> connection between the otherworldly things, ghosts and hauntings, uh, and 
inspiration. Well, I believe that it's an inspiration for a lot of things. I, I've said that I'll say it here. There's art that I've seen that I look at or hear or whatever it might be. And I do say to myself, wow, that where did that come from? It couldn't have come from here. It seems otherworldly. Uh, and, and that's an in, that's that inspiration is well, fascinating to me. And when you can't see the paranormal often with your own eyes, because it's either spontaneous or it's hidden or it's someone else's story or dream they had. The only way we can expose the paranormal and actually see it with our own eyes is is through art half the time. So yeah, we yeah. see it on that, canvas. We see it visually in a movie. We we hear it audibly with a with, with spooky sounds or the you know. Mm-hmm. It, that's how we interpret and see what we call the supernatural or the paranormal. One of the things that was said in the documentary, I like to paint monsters. I'm sorry, Chet Czar. I like to paint monsters. <laughs> uh, I finally got it right. Um, one of the things, it was a line that I wrote down, and we didn't really get to it tonight, but um, dark art honors suffering. I wrote that down, too, yeah, in my it's, notes. It's a really heavy line. It's a really heavy idea, and it means a lot of things. It, and it does, It it like Chet, we point out when we're talking about how normal he is, how nice he is. Yeah, but really, you, really a nice guy. We were talking about cool. how you need outlets to pour your dark thoughts into and to help them not just sit there and... You know, boil, stew, stew, stew. stew. Yeah, so it, yeah. you know, fantastic stuff. It's um, you know, cool. Um, it, we do have a couple little house housekeeping. Yeah, housekeepings to mention. Housekeepings. Housekeepings. Uh, check out veranormal.com. Yeah, because that's our buddy Keith, our buddy Keith and Clark, uh, Keith Clark, who's been on the show to talk about uh, meta science. Mm-hmm. And he's got a forum on there, like good old-fashioned forums, message boards. Uh, and when you log on, you yank can create. Out, yank out the wires of social media. Yeah, yeah. Get off the social media. Be with, you know, more like-minded people where you have more gentle, not so argumentative. Uh, a kinder, gentler. Yeah. And but you, you can you. you can upload pictures. You can have your own blog on here. Yeah. It's a really cool platform that he has. So that's mm-hmm. um that's been gaining traction and followers. There's still a um, a large I think ITC community on his site because that's where Keith comes from. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the discussion is ITC EVP and also the second episode of Stairway Spirits has been uploaded with your host Scott L was out uh, what two weeks ago maybe yeah that check it went out up. and I don't know if we always mention it on the. The parent show here. Ghostly the ghostly talk. talks. The it, ghostly talk. We're not always talking about ghosts. We should call it like awesome talk. Awesome talk. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds so 90s. I love it. Well, actually, awesome here's, some, here's, some, here's some great trivia for you. When Doug <laughs> awesome thought talk. of the name, because Doug, our, 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 our master, patron, our, patron saint. Our, our lord now, and master Doug. He's now the patron saint. Um, when this is something we discussed, you know, 300 years ago when this show started. And when he thought of the name ghostly talk, he lined it up with the word mostly talk. Oh, did he? For real. That that's that was that's some great trivia for your old school listeners here. That was Doug's idea. He's like, Well, it's mostly talk, but it's about ghosts, so it's ghostly talk. And I was like, No, nah, that's pretty that's pretty slick. I Doug's like that. That's so cute. Yeah, Doug's the man. Just saw him last week. I'm gonna see him this week. So and he's doing well, everybody, just so you know. So um yeah, but Stairway Spirits, second episode's up. I'm working on the third one uh with some with some other people. And it's something I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get one out once a month, I think, with this thing. Like a new chapter every month for this. Yeah. Thing. And I think that's good. You guys know the story of it. Um, actually, wait, I have a third one already in the can. You do. With, with, yeah. Which 
I won't say. Don't who wreck it the with. surprise. Um, I do have a third one in the can. I'm working. I'm working on the fourth one right okay. now. So the third one, I guess we'll get that released sometime here in February. Yeah. It'll come out. But yeah. check out the first two that are out there. Uh, Stairwayspirits.com. Yeah, and uh, make sure to check out uh, Chet's podcast. We're going to put all of the links website. here. Yeah, all of the links are going to be on our site, so you yeah. can easily access them. Yeah. Um, it's always nice when people help support each other in the podcast community and Lift our fellow each other artists. Up. Lift and each other up. There's so many small ways that you can help artists, uh, such as his Patreon account, where you can throw a buck at him a yeah. month, which I do for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a cool way. So check out all those links on our site mm-hmm. and enjoy our amazing talk with the incredible Chet Zar. I'm really happy, I, and, and Chet, I, I think we became acquainted on email. I, I know that for a fact. I think a mm-hmm. listener of our show. Yeah, Kristen Humphreys, a fellow was artist. It Cri- Kristen Humphreys yeah. is the one who said that. Yeah. Was, who sent us the really cool, that right there. Yeah, yeah. she sent us the awesome note the cards awesome this note November. Cards. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a listener, Kristen, uh, mm-hmm. was like, you guys should try you know, get a hold of Chet. Uh, and and talk she's to a him. listener of the podcast. Yeah, she's a listener oh. of Chet's podcast. Yeah. So and awesome. Thanks, Kristen. That, yeah. <laughs> and that's how we reached out to you, Chet. And here we are sitting here. And I am really, really happy we are. And I'm really thankful that you are able to take the time and speak to us tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Um. And you know, I seeing your name. That was, you know, the last couple of weeks, I'm like, I know this guy from oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen his name from somewhere. It's a weird name. It's a weird name. Well, yeah. It, it, well, it's, <laughs> it's definitely unique, right? And I'm like, I know that name from somewhere. Go ahead, Amber. It was name? when I, I sometimes, I see our guests coming up on, on your calendar that you make, and I don't yeah. always look everybody up right away mm-hmm. because I like to be a little excited or wait till the last minute to really dive into who they are, mm-hmm. you know, so everything's fresh in my head before I talk to them. And today... I, I Googled Chet Zar and went, <gasps> I know his art. Scott, we're That's talking cool. to we're talking to him. And I probably saw it on You just Inst- put your cards on the table up too about how much prep you you're way ahead of the, the- <laughs> I do no, a podcast. I know how it is. Yeah. And it's not like it's a bad thing. It's not like me procrastinating. I no, do that I intentionally know. sometimes. So it's just everything's there in my head. Mm-hmm. And I saw the art, which I know I've seen on Instagram. Because um, yeah. it's a place where I like just peruse endless amounts of, of amazing artists. But yeah, and then Scott's like, "Yeah, this is going to be really cool." <laughs> <laughs> well, and right. I mean, I mean, just to get things rolling, I mean, just so we get, we can have a perspective here. Uh, you were you actually were an artist, sculptor. You were a creature designer, obviously. And we, you know, I, I want to put this out there too. Um, we had uh, the pleasure of watching the, your documentary. Um, I uh, like yes. to make monsters. Did I get that right? Chet Zar, like, yeah, I like to Chet Zar. I like to paint monsters. I like to paint monsters. Oh, yeah. So um, I watched that uh, between last night and today, 
And we had the pleasure of watching that. And it really gives a great background on your work and stuff like that, which was uh, 20 years uh, yeah. as, a, as an artist, sculptor, creature designer. And, um, you know, you went, you left that industry and, and that, that whole part, and I, that's, see, this can be a real problem. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Think, <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm an independent artist. I yeah. make my own hours. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's the thing is, I mean, I don't, there's not only the, the film industry, I think this happens with a lot of people with whatever, I mean, it, I, a plumber for God's sake, I think they can get discouraged to a certain degree or mm-hmm. they can get burned out. And I think that's Definitely. what you explained was, you know, it was just, you felt it was time because things were just the story you told about um, having to be put under a tent and doing paint work and there's paint fumes going to a school next door. <laughs> Correct. I mean, it wasn't funny, but I was like, oh it was, it was, it was, I mean, I look back on it and laugh. It was awful though at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it was. And I think that that would have been a straw that, would, you know, like something would have broke my back too, I think. And you said, okay, I'm going to go out and work on my own fine art. Right. And that's where you're at presently right now. But yeah. I mean, not only that, I mean, over the years, you've, you've done video work for the for Tool. I mean, that's a little band that maybe a, a few people band. might know. Um, <laughs> this little band named Tool that's been around for a couple. I just got into them last week, you know. Right. I mean, whatever. It's just, you know. Uh, and you also done work with Guillermo del Toro, too, mm-hmm. which yeah. I found fascinating because I'm a complete Guillermo del Toro nerd. He's so cool. Uh, oh, yeah. The, He's the best. Was it the, now, okay, I'm, I'm going to screw things up here because, I mean, my brain, I'm moving too quick right now. Um, that was the orphanage that he did. No, he no, produced that. He produced the orphanage because I, I yeah. love that movie. I love that movie yeah. so much. But Pan's one. Labyrinth was my introduction to Guillermo. I know. Oh yeah, it's, I wish I worked on that. I didn't work on that one, yeah. but um, that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Obviously, he did Pacific Rim, which I'm a dork for too. And mm-hmm. I mean, Guillermo del Toro. I love anything he puts his hands on. Um, I think he's just he's just got a great eye. You've also done work. Uh, well, Clyde Barker, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and this is in the documentary, too, where, you know, he was one of the people that did encourage you to step back and go and to do your own work, your own fine yeah. art, right? Um, and, I mean, I think if somebody like Clive Barker came, you know, <laughs> gave, like said, bro. Yes, all right. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> bro, I yeah, think it was, this it was is shocking. You, it really well, yeah, surprised me. But bro, I think you should do that. I mean, I'm going to listen to a person like Clive Barker, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> just going to listen to him. So I was just I was just trying to get a job from him, you know, in, in digital because I was kind of shifting away from makeup effects to get into digital stuff, and I was really into that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I just sent him my demo reel, like, "Hey, do you have? Can you hire me?" Like I was sort of in that service industry mindset, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I didn't really think of just doing my own thing. And he said, "Well, <clears throat> we don't really have any work for you, but I see that you have a vision. You should really pursue your fine art." And I was like. Wow, that really came out of left field for me. Wow, and got got me really thinking about it. Well, and I, that's one of the things I, I I keyed in on also in the documentary uh, was that you know, and I want to ask you that, like w- digital uh, effects and stuff like that, CGI, obviously, and that type of art. Mm-hmm. And I going from a very very hands on, literal hands on practice like sculpting and things like that into the digital medium was that mm-hmm. a real was that a real big hurdle to get over or was it very natural for you to stimulate? Oh, no, it was a, yeah, it was a huge hurdle because it, you know, it's so technical or at least back then it was really technical. Like the programs are a little more intuitive now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like 90 oh, late nineties. Yeah. I started teaching and I was kind of teaching myself from books mm-hmm. and I'm not a numbers type. I'm really bad at math and, um, and so it was, it was, it was kind of painful to learn, but the potential to make, I was thinking I could make little movies, 
that without any help from anybody else. You know, like yeah. I don't, I don't need a crew. I could make cool little movies just cause it was so exciting. Um, the idea of that. So I was able to, uh, I was, I was interested enough to push past the difficulty, but I remember every day at the end of the day, I felt like my head was going to explode. Like my brain was growing. It was, so I was learning so much with, with the digital stuff, but eventually I kind of overcame that hump and really fell in love with the medium. Like a lot of things when it comes to technology like that, that learning curve, especially in a time I work in technology. So I feel my brain hurts every day. It feels like, right. I and, bet. and it's, it is, I, I know that feeling where, you know, it is this massive hump you're trying to get over. Once you get over it, it's like second nature. Cause you, yeah. you've ran yourself through the ringer so hard that you have yeah. no choice but to learn it. Uh, and then it's fun. Yeah. Then it's fun. Cause you know what? Yeah. That, it's not fun until you learn how to make it work. I find yep. that after that, it's like, it's a riot. This is totally cool. But before, that you're gritting your teeth and yep. i do know that feeling um so you know and this is i wanted to, i didn't want to you know go over that too fast because i think this is all important stuff um to have those experiences and be able to work with people that i mean not only well known but well you know well influential they've they've, they've made a real impact right right um yeah that's something to be said i think but you know, what I want to talk to you about especially is this thing called dark art. And we can talk about the podcast for a second if you want, but mm-hmm. I do want to dive into this thing called, the, you know, called dark art. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. Amber and I have been fans of this since we were, I know we've been lifelong oh, fans Oh, number one. Yeah, yeah, that's, there's there's times you look at art and you see something like a still life of fruit. And then you see something and you're like, that's cool, but it doesn't right. do anything for me. I mean, great technique. It looks realistic. 100%. And then you see something else like like Chet Zar's work mm-hmm. or even going back in time like Hermonius Bosch or someone oh, that's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, the OG. And, yeah. And you look at those people and you're like, what the hell was going through their head? <laughs> and well, you can't stop like just yeah. staring at it. And that I know for me, when I was younger, uh, it was it was I don't know if you're familiar with him, Chet, but Stephen Gamel. Who oh, was? Oh yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. was the artist for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, oh, yeah. and and that's the great. one that stuck with me for yeah. dark art. Yeah, and in the, oh, that's, it's that's why the book was so popular. Exactly, was the, was the illustrations because yes. it's like the stories are kind of they're kind of goofy. Yeah, you know, they're just they're fun kids stories, but it's the artwork that yep. I think made it so popular. Yep, and that's what made them banned books and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. that that kind of set me on my path of of that kind of art, and then it just I think. Really, Instagram and the internet obviously helped mm-hmm. find go down rabbit holes. But for me, it's always been Instagram that's been a good one for discovering this type of thing. And yeah. and, and I, I read that you are sort of considered like a little bit of a godfather in the dark art movement. Do you agree with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't, I can't say that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've just, I've kind of made it my mission to try and um, promote this type of artwork as a legitimate art form that's just as valid as the the bowl of fruit yes. or, or the flower painters or the landscapes you know it's like it, i always say why 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 is a bowl of fruit considered art and some cool well painted monster not considered art or considered like comic book or yes it's just it's it's just it's ridiculous it's not true it's, it's, so it's it's like there's a public perception about it that i'm yes. trying to you know change so i i I thought i'm glad you said that because i thought i'm like boy this kind of reminds me with what i do and when i write stories about ghosts like in local and legends and and haunted places around michigan i've had like the hardcore history people go well 
that's not real history. Right. Why isn't paranormal history or the, the story behind why a house became haunted or a true crime? How is yeah. it like as opposed to other kind of history? Yeah. So I, yeah, thought, I wonder if Chet sort of deals with that on his level in, in the fine art world where people go, well, that's nice, but that's not real art. You know, and they just for some reason because of what it is. Well, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Chet. Go ahead. Chet. No, I think on the, on the high end level, this other big time art world that you know no none of us are really a part of the kind of blue chip world it's just not considered real art or valid or important in any way because you know it's too representational or whatever the reason is i mean that whole market is just a joke it's just a big money laundering scheme for super rich people to park their money it really is a a big scam but um you know on the ground level people you know people love it people love dark art it's like that's Oh, this whole thing started when um, my, Mike Carell, the director of the documentary, I Like to Paint Monsters, he was making this movie about me, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things he would do is he'd come out from New Mexico to L.A. where I live, and we would go to shows, and I happened to be having this big show, um, e- this Ego Death show called yeah. Ego Death I was doing. I want to talk about that, too. Don't yeah, that, was, that yeah. was a great experience. Yeah. And um, But so it's like we we were going to shows a lot and you know, talking a lot about you know, the movie and the dark art. And we're seeing this dark art movement. Like, you know, this is a movement. This is a real grassroots movement with a huge fan base. And nobody really considers it legitimate art Mm -hmm. except the people that love it. And it's like, we all love it. It's Mm -hmm. our favorite art. We prefer it over the flowers and the bowl of fruit and the pretty, you know, naked ladies on the couch. It's like, we we like this stuff. Yeah. And um, so... And everyone was calling it dark art. That's everyone just co- naturally referred to it that way. So, you know, I just thought, well, Mike and I, the director, we started this podcast, the Dark Art Society podcast, yes. as, a, as a way to like promote this form of art and educate and kind of just, you know, try and increase its standing in the in the art world. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and so we, you know, we're just like we're just going to keep calling it dark art. That's what everyone calls it. Names don't matter. Impressionism is just a name. It's not like the movement got mm-hmm. big because they came up with a cool name. <laughs> so we're just like, this is what people call it. Let's settle on this name and move on and get with to the real uh, work of trying to kind of get it out there and yeah. promote it for people. And on the you know, dark, so, the dark art society podcast, you obviously you interview other people who are you know, who work in the genre, right? Um, yeah, and, and even people who don't even talk about the yeah. occult stuff like that too. So mm-hmm. it, it covers a lot. It covers a lot of ground, not just talking about the art itself. It's because you know this is the thing that you know it all kind of. You know, we obviously on this show, we cover a lot of stuff that's the fringe, the paranormal, the weird. But the more, you know, I've been saying this for the last 20 years with this is the more I try to study the afterlife and the otherworldly, the more I learn about the world I'm living in right now. Right. Yeah. And also how much art is influenced by the otherworldly and things Uh, like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely connected. There's so much crossover. There is so much crossover. Now, now I here's and here's an idea too. Like, so we were talking about the bowl of fruit, which I Mm -hmm. think they're great. I like bowls of fruit. They look really pretty. I love a good painted bowl of fruit. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, no, I mean, because I, here's the thing. I, I have the, uh, my hands can, I can't draw a line straight. I am the worst 
physical art. I can't. I have no vision whatsoever. I've tried and tried and tried. It just isn't where I'm at. Audio is. I mm-hmm. guess I'm a little. Bit, I'm a little bit better with, working with audio art, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I do appreciate a bowl of fruit that's painted because it does look like a bowl of fruit. That's that's how where I yeah. go with that because somebody can actually make it make it look like with the shadowing and all that stuff. I find that absolutely fascinating. Now I'm going to go back to like 1985, 1986 for me, uh, and me and my buddy were at the mall. At, at well, your your wife would know this probably. Mention the ter- the word Harmony House to her, and she'll probably jump up and down and get all happy. Harmony House. Harmony House. Yeah. I'll write uh, that down and tell her. Yeah, Harmony House was the 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 record store. That was the record store growing up. And then there was a, they were a small chain. Was that it, just a Metro Detroit thing? It was a small chain, and I think through Michigan. Okay. Yes. Um, and they were great. I mean, that's where they would carry everything. And you know, right. growing up, obviously listening to a lot of heavy metal and stuff like that, and punk rock and stuff, mm-hmm. we were we were the your digger we were your digger kids. We weren't just listening to Motley Crue. We were listening to all the heavy, the really really heavy stuff. So right. every weekend, we're taking all of our paper route money that we should be saving for a car when we turn sixteen and going and buying records and cassettes at the, at mm-hmm. the local record stores. Yeah. So we go and. Um, Thankfully, uh, who's a si- she's a sister of mine now, not by blood, but she's a sister. My buddy's older sister, Valerie, she is the metal goddess. She had every record there was. So <laughs> she was always turning us on to stuff. Long story short, we end up going, and my buddy's like, you need to... He bought, he bought the cassette before I did, and I looked at the cover, and it was the most terrifying thing I have ever seen. And I think <laughs> it may have been... The reason that it got me into dark art, like we're talking about mm-hmm. right now, and it was and it was everything I was warned about why I should not get into heavy it's metal. Gonna corrupt you. It's gonna corrupt <laughs> you, and I'm happy it did. I'm really happy <laughs> You're it go did. To what, hell. What, al- what album was it? Uh, Celtic Frost to Megatheron. Um, oh, artwork. I don't, know, that one. I don't art- know the album cover. What's that? I don't know the album cover. Of that uh, one. The cover work was by H.R. H.R. Giger. Uh, oh, okay. It's called Sa- I think it's Satan Three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look it up. Let's, let's just put Celtic Frost to make a theron in, and um, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for a, a 13-year-old kid and everybody out there listening to the podcast right now, I, I suggest you do that too. Um, you, can, you can just Google that, uh, Celtic Frost to make a theron, uh, and it'll bring oh, the album yeah, cover. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. A, that's a classic, <laughs> right? classic, um, classic Giger. It's a classic Giger. Um, it's insanely blasphemous. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's but so it's, good. I mean, it's, it's such clever. a great it's concept. Cle- yeah, it's, it's clever, really clever. And- right. Um, For and, those who aren't going to look it up, is it uh, Jesus on the cross yeah, but the, being used as a slingshot? It's being used yeah. as a slingshot. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And, it's I mean, amazing. I'm not going – I'm not glorifying anything here. We're talking about the art itself. It's right? art. It's, it's art. art. Uh, but that thing scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it's, scared, it's and, scary. And the music – I mean, the story with Celtic Frost I mean, and, and H.R. Giger is – very much those guys had a vision. Like, he was the only one that took them seriously at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, Giger heard the music of Celtic Frost and said, that is kind of what my my art sounds like, I think. I mean, oh, I wow. want to work with you guys. And that's how they put that album together as a collaboration between the two with the art, right? So um, cool. And, yeah, the album sounds like it looks. It's murky. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. It's everything that you were warned about you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to that thing like once a month, <laughs> religiously. So, I mean, cool. the thing about that, my whole point was that's dark art does that to me. Like this, the, the darker side of things. 
a great mm-hmm. piece of art, I think, and I really want to hear what you think about this, Chet, mm-hmm. is something, and, and it don't have to be dark, honestly. It can be anything. If it's something that you look at and it moves you to a certain degree, it, it, it invokes an emotion out of you somehow, I don't really care what it is. I think it's, I think it's a great piece of art no matter what if it does something to you. I mean, what are your right. thoughts on that? What do you, th- what do you think, Chet? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like it's natural to like beautiful things. It's yeah. just that we think weird things are beautiful you know it's like it's as long as you know it's not hurting anybody the usual um you know the usual thing that we always say as long as it's not causing any hurt to someone else it's like it's an expression of you know life is full of all kinds of dark terrible things and if you can find a way to sort of take our own you know negative experiences or fears and uh, kind of transform them into something positive, a beautiful piece of art. It's like, how is that not good? It's right. like a positive thing. Yeah, it's a very positive well, thing. Well, and that was something you said in your documentary that I had to write down that I thought was so cool is you said, there is so much suffering going on in the world that I can't make art that doesn't reflect it in some way. I remember that line. Yeah. And mm, yeah. I, that I really mean, stood out. That I, had to, I had to scribble that down because – this kind of art has a way of being uplifting in a way too that I think only people that really appreciate it sometimes understand. Right, similar, and that's what's so cool about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's similar. I think we've had this discussion on the show before was we just brought up metal music. Some people are like, that's just angry devil music. And we've mm-hmm. said that if you if you truly love that music, it's not always doom and gloom, and it doesn't have the same effect on us that it might on someone else who who just loves you know Whitney Houston hits. So yeah, it's, right. there's a difference there with obviously perspective and, and what you're just drawn to. No, and it is it, it, it's it's perception, I think. Yeah. And, and perception is everything. But, um, and and that's fine. That's just yeah. how people. That's just what they're gravitated to. It's what their clock likes. I guess. And and I like the fact that Chet mentioned that dark art could possibly you know be a powerful force for good. Yeah. yeah. Which I agree because this art does have an impact. And and it I there's one picture you did that I was like. He looks so it's like peaceful, and no one would ever think a demon kind of that looks like <laughs> muscle torn away would look peaceful. And I think it was what was that called? Like you ha- okay, chat. It's a really it's like a demon kind what of face. Gonna, what are you gonna quiz him? Like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't remember the name. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm and curious. It, it was a demon looking down and kind of smiling a little bit, and and it was mm-hmm. you painted it, and okay. <laughs> he's kind of got a nice <laughs> smile. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, 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 Let's Google it, it. Let's figure it out. It, it, it's it, was it <clears throat> was it called Serenity Demon? Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Serenity Demon, which are two words you wouldn't normally find next to each yeah, other either. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. this demon really does look serene. It's yeah. like I I kind of think every time I could wake up and look at that every morning and be like, oh, <laughs> ready to face my day, Serenity Demon. <laughs> But I just love that, that the the idea of combining. I, you know, I I love the idea of, you know, something that on the surface looks bad, but yeah. it's actually good. Yeah. I love that. You know, dichotomy. I think is really cool. Um, it's you know, it's the whole don't judge judge a book by its cover type thing in one mm. way, but um, it also you know, it's about the polarity of reality, the reality that we live in, and and. Um, you know the dangerous i think it's the dangerous approach to life is is keeping all that stuff bottled up and not expressing it in a healthy way 
if you can express it in a healthy way, everyone's got a dark side, you know, everyone's got problems, everyone's got traumas. It's like if you can express it in a way that is positive that other people that makes other people like feel recognized or just they can relate to it. I mean, that's a that's a win for everybody except for people that don't get it, you know? Yeah. Some of the people, I mean, and they're artists. Uh, I, and I, it's it's just it drives your point home exactly. I've met some people over the years who are artists, musicians, painters, whatever they may be, uh, musicians especially, who have written some of the most abrasive, insane, mm-hmm. just mind melting sounds they've put together, right? And yeah. um, one one that comes to mind actually, I just saw him on Facebook today is a man named Steve Austin from a band called Today Is Today, which is is just pure noise. It is ugly music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and I've met him a handful of times. Uh, when he's been on the road uh, and he's come through Detroit and he's the same every time. He's like the nicest guy. He's, <laughs> That's he's, the thing. He's, That's like, the I, thing. he's like, I love you, man. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being here, man. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for coming out here and seeing me play. Man, I really appreciate it, dude. And he's got his son with him and stuff. And I'm like, what? uh, yeah. what's going on? That's the thing. Yeah. That's one of the cool things that we sort of came to realize during the making of the documentary and thinking about this is like, Hey, did you notice that every dark artist, <laughs> I know is like the nicest, like more nice than regular people. You know, they're really sweet. Usually they're like animal lovers and yeah. uh, compassionate people. It's a trip, you know, it's, it's just, but the world is so bl- backwards nowadays. Nowadays, it kind of makes sense that it would be that way in a, in a way. It does. You know what I mean? It, it is backwards, but I also think too that you know if you have an outlet like this too. I mean, I know a lot of people that that are dark, angry people, and they're just dark, angry people. They're people that don't like being around very much because right. all they do is be angry all the time, and they don't produce it. Well, they have nothing to an outlet. Let's call it right. Right. They have nothing to be productive with and do. And these are people I've had that conversation with and said, hey, you know, maybe. You know, every time I come around you, you're just raising hell and chain smoking and and drinking all the time. I go, man, if you put some of that energy into something that you're, you're like, you like doing this, why don't you do something like that? You right. you could really, and it may not be something dark. It could be anything. Hey, do you like gardening? Like <laughs> plant yeah, some shit. Totally. I mean, you know, I mean, go do something. <laughs> uh, it could be anything. Uh, so I think a lot of people who, who do work in the dark art field, whether it's music or, or art or, or visual art. Um, that we all have that outlet, right? We have mm-hmm. that outlet to work with. So yeah, you may, I think you're right, Chad. I think a lot of people, we all have, I, I think you're not normal if you, if you're normal, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. we all have something, no matter how well adjusted we think we are, there's a trigger somewhere in there. Right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think we all need some type of outlet like that, like we're talking about right now to help us out with those things and have something you can look at and go, man, I created that. That's really cool. Uh, you know, right. it, it makes you yeah. feel good. Um, or even uh, appreciating it. Like even being a fan of, uh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a fan of music and art that, that it's like a, it's like a catharsis for me too, to put on something that's really aggressive sounding yeah. that, you know, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good yeah. to kind of get it out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's like such a, uh, it's just such a positive thing, you know, it should be encouraged rather than discouraged. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is still, like I said before, I think it is a matter of perception and you know, what? I think a person, there's people that put on whatever, I don't know who, who's a famous 
you said who Whitney Whitney Houston or whatever. That's I don't just know. what mm-hmm. came to my head. Okay. <laughs> that may make them feel good, and that's cool too. Yeah, whatever yeah, it might be. Uh, and I do. I for all the years I've had deal, you know, working just with music and and visuals, whatever it might be, that are on the darker spectrum like this. Um, I just I don't even think about it anymore. I, I mean, I think nowadays it's a lot different. Yeah, I think, definitely. and we're you're a bit older than I am, mm-hmm. uh, but we both know. I know growing up, you know, being being the one kid with the mullet and the Metallica T-shirt in class, it was <laughs> right. the worst, man. It was the. I mean, I I didn't get I, I get an ass kicking every week. It's just it's just right. how it was. I mean, it was very difficult growing up like that, but that's just how I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And yes. now I think it's a, it's a bit. Well, I'm old now, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I see a lot of younger people, and there seems to be more like people. I I guess I can it's more identify. inclusive. Yeah, yeah, but I I see a lot of younger people that I can still identify with a lot more than I did growing up. I think, and maybe it's just perspective. I don't know where it is. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I do, don't think the generations are as divided um, as they used to be. I don't yeah, there's know. a weird mixing yeah. of, of culture, yeah. which is kind of cool. You see, you see, like kind of, you know, in one respect, it's kind of lame seeing like uh, I don't know Kim Kardashian with a Misfits shirt or right. something. Oh, God, but, yeah. but at the same time, it's like it's this blending of cultures, and that's kind of cool. Um, you know, it's 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 in a way, it's you know maybe isn't that what we're we're going for? Is right. trying to just put this into you know give it portrait put it out there in a way that people understand it and maybe go oh you know what maybe maybe i could like this maybe this is cool maybe this you know maybe i can get into this and it would make me feel good you know well i've said this oh. before on this i've said this oh by recently. the way go ahead go i ahead. worked on a whitney houston movie by the oh, way weird. <laughs> what movie the bodyguard oh my the bodyguard <laughs> what did you what did you do on it i made a a barbie doll um, of Whitney Houston that exploded and a little uh, beaver toy that exploded. Oh, what a weird synchronicity that was. <laughs> I know. Huh. You guys' minds are I know. lined right We're up. I know. already mind-melding. You're in perfect alignment. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just that's like no, I, no, that's cool. That, no, that's cool. I haven't seen that movie in forever, so I don't remember why there was an exploding Barbie doll. Yeah, but... someone was trying to kill her and planting bombs maybe or something. Oh. I don't know. Huh. I haven't seen it since it came out. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what you were saying before, though, about dark art like this is mm-hmm. that there, you know, I, I would say the wine and cheese crowd. <laughs> that's what I call yeah, it, the wine and cheese right. crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, how they, they, well, this isn't real art. This is, you know, this is evil or dark or whatever you want to call it. This isn't real art. And I said this recently, a few weeks ago, when we spoke to someone else, and I'll say it again because I think it's really important. I started seeing this a few years ago. The new Napalm Death record came out, for example, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's funny because I I knew it was coming out because I'm a fan of that band. And um, NPR, National Public Radio, which wow. is like, you know, that's pretty hoity-toity, I think. Yeah. Um, they started doing streams. They they, they streamed the new Nap. This is a new Napalm Death record we're going to stream <laughs> on, our, on, on, on NPR. And I'm like, Amazing. Whoa! And then like Pig Destroyer, another ridiculous band. <laughs> NPR didn't do. Yes, Pig they did. They, they streamed the new Pig Destroyer <laughs> record. Well, a couple they years do ago. though have a metal a they metal do. genre now as part of their. But that one had never happened twenty years. No, ago, no, not right? twenty years ago. So, I th- to me that says some things. Yeah. About about. <laughs> Pig Destroyer. 
I, I know. I'm sorry. I can't yeah, take it says, any laugh. It says that we're getting old. <laughs> it says we're getting old. Yeah, right. that's what it says. But what it says, what, what, to me, what it says is there is that acceptance coming. And, and yeah. it's never, it's not a focus of mine. I can care less. But I like right. to see that, though, that, I mean, it only took them 30 years, <laughs> Napalm no. Death. Right. <laughs> but people are like, well, this is a serious band. These guys are for real. This is right. not a joke, right? Go ahead, Amber. Yeah. No, it just it made me think of like kind of just his his well the future and just how you do start to see, see these things. Like right now we're in this in this part of now be, with the dark art movement and it not necessarily being taken super seriously just yet, but someday you could go mm. into the Detroit Institute of Arts and be walking right. around a dark art gallery well, I mean, and then there's yeah. or or just there's an exhibit and then there's there's picasso there's there's someone else over here there's and then there's there's chet czar you know yeah. next to all these <laughs> yeah. other people and it's yeah. it's it, it will happen it's just, it's kind of fun to yeah. think like we're in that part of history right now and mm-hmm. but i, I can see it because people aren't going to take this art and just throw it in the garbage it's it's not yeah, gonna no, happen. It's, it's it's got that you know. It's like it's like metal or punk rock yeah. or anything like that. It's a, it's it's a um, a grassroots real movement that comes comes up from the bottom. You know the way that the real move real movements come, and um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's it's just bound to get there. I mean, Guillermo del Toro had a uh, an art show of, of all all his. Um, it was called Guillermo del Toro at Home with Monsters. Oh, and neat. he, because he has a huge dark art collection, because like his whole house is mm. just covered. Wow. And I had some pieces in it, which is amazing, and a bunch oh, of friends of mine cool. in the in the scene. And that traveled around to um, uh, there. It, I, I think it was at LACMA in L.A., like the big art museum, mm-hmm. or or MoCA. I don't remember which one, but it went to uh, Mexico City, and it was in like a famous art museum and it went oh, to cool. toronto in an art museum and it was like that was a dark art show wow and it was huge and there was tons of people at I it it bet. was like a really successful mm-hmm. thing so it's it's like you know it's happening here and there it's mm-hmm. it's happening i mean where there's a big movement it, it 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 will continue to grow i think well you but you still have i mean to that point you have people like giger that i've already mentioned mm-hmm. um, who who's been create well he was creating he passed away unfortunately but yeah who, that's the godfather that is that's the, the god godfather. he really is the godfather i mean you know he, and like i said that that really i said that about celtic frost when i saw that album cover that i think was like the moment that my brain may have shifted because i was scared half to death but i was so intrigued like right. I, I didn't want to look at it. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was the thing of nightmares. Like I don't. It was probably because of religious upbringing. That's a particularly creep, creepy painting, though. It's really one of his creepiest paintings. Oh, it I is. Think. I mean, and the thing. I mean, Giger. To but to the point. I mean, Giger did. I think reach. I mean, through the work he did. I mean, he obviously you know, the xenomorph, uh, alien. Just to name one simple, mm-hmm. you know, high level thing. Getting a gig like that, that really, that really did propel him to that echelon. Oh yeah, where yeah. he was, and you're right, he he was the godfather of this movement, um, and I think he went, you know, he went to the stratosphere, frankly, as far as his popularity and his oh, respect yeah. he has. Um, yep. I, I watched uh, Dark uh, Black Star. Uh, that was the last documentary I think he mm-hmm. was a part yeah, of I saw that. Uh, before you know before he unfortunately passed away. And I mean, watching one of his exhibits, one of his signings, for example, and like seeing like every other person in that line has some type of tattoo of his work mm-hmm. on their body, for example, right? Yeah, my friend is in that movie. He was Stan, Stan actually Stan, Stan, Stan Dark Art. He goes by. He's a really amazing, really dark, dark artist. 
amazing, amazing. And he was in line, and he's in the movie because <laughs> he was getting something signed. He wasn't the guy that because it was a powerful thing for me to watch because this is this is at a point where Giger is very old. He don't really mm, yeah. he can't really move too well. But he's sitting on this like throne, literally sitting on this throne, and there's this line of people a mile long, mm-hmm. and they're all yep. waiting to have something signed uh, by him or just get a blessing from this man, literally get right. a blessing from him. And this one guy walks up who's just pierced and tattooed all the way up from, from top of his head to his to his toes. Oh, yeah, this, this wasn't my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but I, he literally walks up and starts crying. Yeah, in front of him. I know. And Amazing, right? And, and, and I mean, I don't even think he had anything signed. He just wanted to stand in front of this man and just be there in, I guess, in the same space and time with him just for a couple of seconds. Right. And he was speaking, um, I, I, I forget what language it was, but he literally was saying, thank you, master. Thank you, master. Thank you, master, over and over again in between sobs. I wouldn't know right. what to do with that. That was, and yeah, no, Giger, <laughs> Giger, Giger, Giger dealt with it fine. He just sat there stoic, like on the mountain going, he didn't move a muscle. But could he move? You said <laughs> yeah, he could he could, move, he could well. move but, oh, okay. but it was just, he just, he's just that dude. He's the man. He's the godfather, huh. like Chet said. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, I mean. <laughs> just if, if I've ever happened to me, if I was in that situation, just they're there. I, I don't. Yeah. Do you want a hug? Like, okay, let's let's get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just that'd be weird. I, Chet, have you had fans react to your art in in a way that was extremely emotional? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've <clears throat> I remember some someone uh, a gallerist told me um, there was a I think a Russian couple. I think it was a Russian couple said they started crying huh. when they when they saw one of my paintings and they had to buy it. Wow! I didn't see that firsthand, but um, I mean, at the at the shows I see, I I I'm I'm there, you know, talking to everybody, and um, yeah, people seem to be affected by it. You know, um, they don't they haven't started crying or anything, but you know, they get a little shaky and stuff. I think that's, that's it's cool. That has to be one of the most to me. That would be one of the greatest compliments. Oh yeah, t- definitely, definitely. It's like the it makes me remember why I'm doing all this, and you know I've geeked out on people I'm fans of too. So I I get it. It's like uh, yeah, you know when you meet someone you I met Jell Biafra from Dead Kennedy. Oh and I was god, such a nerd for him. I was just like he you tell he was kind. Of, I I remember I was like telling him how amazing I thought he was because I was like a huge Dead Kennedys fan. <laughs> And and I was like, man, I'm sorry, I'm geeking out on you. And he's like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> like I get that all the time. We actually got. Pro- to, I'm sure he does. We got to meet him a few years ago here in Detroit. Oh, I really? Know, I don't even know why they they did this, but there was a club in Detroit, and he, they just announced like, hey, Jello B Offer is going to be here this night DJing, playing yeah, playing yeah. music. I've seen him DJ before. Yeah, too. and I'm like, well, let's <laughs> go. I mean, we're going to be able to go up there. You know, I don't, I can't see them. I've been to this club before. I can't see them like having like a line of security around the guy, and it's Jello. He's cool, you know. He, yeah. he didn't like that. And sure enough, he was. We got there and had a couple of drinks, and he started spinning tunes. And we just walked up and said, "Hey, man, we're all big fans of your work, your music, your spoken mm-hmm. word, everything you've mm-hmm. ever done. We're fans, you know." And he was super great, super nice. We, yeah, yeah. We awesome. nerded, nerded out and chatted. I mean, chatted about some stuff, and he, you know, he he played some music for us and everything. It was it was just, it was like, but you're Jello. Why are you doing this for us? <laughs> well, this is what this is what I love about. About the the punk scene yeah because um, i came up kind of in the not you know in the later punk scene maybe the post-punk scene i guess like 80 
86, I started getting into punk mm-hmm. music and um, had a band and everything. And it's like that, that's what I, that to, to this day really kind of is one of, one of the things that guides me is the whole DIY thing and, and, you know, not putting yourself above the fans and, you know, no. you know, realizing that that's all a bunch of bull, you know, it's like, yeah. um, you know, we're all just people. And, and, uh, I, I, I love that about the, the punk scene and Jello, Jello and Mike Watt from the Minutemen is another guy that's, oh, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of. And, um, he's like that. He played one of my, he, he heard I was from San Pedro, a friend of his, um, a mutual friend because I'm from San Pedro and mm-hmm. he's from he lives in San Pedro. He's like you know really proud of being from San Pedro, and um, I had a I curated an art show and he came up and played. He came up and played the show. Oh wow, That's Mike Watt, cool. Mike yeah, Watt. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like I couldn't. I was like my dream come true because I'm like <laughs> the biggest Minuteman Mike Watt fan. Yeah, and he was super cool. He just did it because I'm from Pedro. You know, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> And, the, and that and that element guides me too. I, it, it's guided this show for for decade, well, almost two decades now. It seems like um, it, it has been that idea of DIY and doing things, mm-hmm. you know, in that punk rock attitude. Like, no, I can do this on my own. I don't need somebody to help me, uh, right. and I can make my own rules. I don't need someone telling me what to do. Or I don't need a ton of money. You know, even if I don't have a lot of money, I can figure it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that whole thing. I mean, yeah, it's just you, you do nerd out like that. I do. I have yeah. done the same thing. I've, I mean, it happens to me. Well, not not lately, unfortunately, because we haven't been able to go out on the road and do anything. But uh, when I when we were actually did have lives, yeah, I'd bump into people all the time and um, just melt down sometimes. And then I, yeah, and I did catch myself it. and go, dude, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> go, I should know better. I should know better, you know? And then a lot of people, I mean, a lot of these same people, once, you know, you get over it, and I, I call it like my phases, like I, I go through like the fanboy phase for a couple of minutes and be like, Oh my God, I gush. And then, right. and then go, so what's up, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think people just want to be ultimately, uh, want to just be treated like normal people i think celebrities maybe but that's the one thing i say to the, i say the same thing to a lot of artists i meet uh no matter what they are i say that same thing i say you know you're the the, the stuff that you have it did something to me you know it, it, right. made, it made me feel a certain way it, mm-hmm. it moved me and that's why i'm sitting here and i, I and i make sure i make that a point to say that I, like you need to hear that i want you to mm-hmm. hear that from me at least from somebody tonight uh, that that you're you, it matters to me. It matters a right. lot to me. It's super super important to me, and you should know that before you have to get back in your van and go to the next town or whatever right. you're doing. Right? And that, yep. don't hear people don't hear that enough. I don't think about the work they do, and that's why a lot of people get discouraged and stop doing it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. More people need to be propped up than knocked down, and we both know that's the problem with whatever scene or whatever you're working in. Is that yeah? There's always the the, the the kingdom builders and the people that like to destroy instead of kind of propping everybody yep. up and say, hey, we, we can all make it, you know? Yeah, we, we exactly. Can, we can all do our own thing and still have a good time and all be buddies too and not turn this into a dangling carrot game. That's yeah, my that, biggest that's, issue. Yeah, that's my my whole attitude with the, the whole dark art movement. It's like the bigger it gets, it's better for all of us. You know, it's it's um, I could just focus entirely on my own career, but it's, you know, it's it's been really kind of a cool rewarding thing to be able to help the movement and see all these art young artists kind of like growing and getting shows and it's been really cool it's a really good way to Mm -hmm. spend your time you know kind of helping helping instead of just yeah 
being all me, me, me. Yeah. Now, I want to I want to approach this too because this is something I was thinking about because we were talking about you know obviously we've been talking about dark art here and. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this for for years now about uh, uh, something I, like you know I hate to keep going back to Giger and I, this is the last time I'm going to go back to him but that, <laughs> but that painting uh, the, the Celtic Frost album for example that was one of the things that my little 13 year old brain thought was where did this come from mm-hmm. where in what twisted and at the time like what twisted mind now I understand it <laughs> back then I right. did what twisted mind could could take this and commit this to something forever. Right? Um, right. Where did this come from? And I think that's what makes this whole dark art movement different is, yeah, when you do look at the bowl of fruit, you're like, okay, it's a bowl of fruit. We all, mm. that, we like bowls of fruit. They're cool. Fruits, fruit's mm-hmm. good. I like, it's tasty. Um, <laughs> but when somebody paints something like, like the, what, Amber, what was the painting that you were talking about now? Or I, of course, I have no memory. The one that you were all excited about. Chet's painting. The Serenity, Serenity, Serenity Demon. Demon. Serenity Demon. Um, I mean, I even with my my perception of things, I still think that. And I looked at a bunch of your artwork yesterday and today. I was as I was watching the documentary, and I'm that same thing went through my mind. Like, wow, um, where is this coming from, man? Where in the hell? Well, and I love how the documentary opened up with them trying them not like they're trying to convince the viewers, but they're like, Chet's nice. He's really nice. Like, that we're going to open up with that. Like, he's not on drugs. He's not scary. He doesn't live in a dark hole. And yeah. That we it's throw just, sweet. It's just yeah. My, it's just my brand. <laughs> and and, and you, you, you see, like, his family and his brother and his sister and his mom. And then what I think is super cool is how you grew up in a way that I feel fostered this creativity in you. You didn't have oh, stifling yeah. parents. You had a mom that was like, believe what you want. And I, you know, mm-hmm. opened doors for you and even taught you, which I want to, I want, I know we will talk about this, but taught you creative visualization, which that's a big, yeah, which yeah. I think is yeah. a big thing that needs to be used by more people on, on this planet. But, Definitely. um, you just, and then, and then plus combined with just having a, a cool family life there. I mean, obviously there was some strife and some, some stuff mm-hmm. with, with your, um, with your biological father, but, there's like little cooler things too, like living in a haunted house and having yeah. an out of body experience at twelve, <laughs> and and synchronicities yeah. that still happen um to this day in, in your life. And I yeah. and I love that because I feel that's all a reflection in your artwork too, because it's just those are sometimes creepy, unexplainable things that happen in right. life, and then that kind of shows up in these paintings as creepy and sometimes unexplainable. But um, I, yeah, I what what kind of things would go on in the house that made you think it was haunted as a kid? Uh, a lot of the stuff happened when I was just a baby. Uh, you know, my, let's see. It seemed like it was kind of following us around maybe because mm. we lived in two houses and, um, you know, there was a lot of strife in the house too, yeah. family problems. Um, so, yeah. you know, maybe it was poltergeist activity. Right. I don't, I don't know, but my, my sister's really always been really psychic, like really tuned in. Yeah. She would see stuff a lot and she used to see, um, a little boy up on the ceiling. She said, oh. <clears throat> um, she one time was poked by knitting needles that were just out and she got poked not not stabbed but just poked with these knitting needles and she came in yelling at my mom why'd you poke me with those needles these <laughs> knitting needles yeah. she's like i don't know what you're talking about um so it's like that's been in the, the family lore i grew up around that and my mom was always like 
she thought it was fascinating. She never huh. freaked out or got Love scared. It. One mm. time, um, I didn't see this, but <clears throat> she told me about it. One time she was going into, had some clothes she had folded up. She was going into my brother's room. She opened the door and hand pushed the door <gasps> closed and said, sorry, and shut the door on her. And she's like, oh, that's weird that, <laughs> that Ricky, Ricky just shut the door in my face. And then she turned around to walk down the hall and he was just coming oh. in the front door. So, so it was like a, a regular occurrence. So yeah. I kind of grew up in that environment, <clears throat> you know. I mean, and that I mean, Amber, you mentioned that a second ago too. I mean, and I know there was some strife you mentioned too. I mean, your mm. your 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 father, father, um, mm. you know, he did have issues uh, growing up, and I mean that may have fostered that too. But it did seem like there was because one of the things I say a lot too is just that. I mean, it sounds like your mom and your stepfather really did, uh, as Amber said, support the direction you were going with art and things like that. Um, and even, oh, yeah. and even stuff that the otherworldly stuff, like the paranormal, I can, I can imagine. I think a lot of parents, they try to shelter their kids from, from things like that. Sure. As I've yeah. said, right. like, you know, ghosts, a lot of parents say ghosts don't exist. We just want you to They're go to sleep real. and be quiet so we can, I have to be to work at six o'clock in the morning. Go to, go to, <laughs> go to bed, kid. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think it's not um, a ghost. It's just Jesus checking in on you. That's what, that's what <laughs> my, my friend Marnie, that's what her mom would tell her. Oh my God. When she said, Mom, you know, there's That's a, a there's, the door opens and something looks in at me. It's just Jesus checking on you, honey. Right. <laughs> what? I didn't know that one. She never said you that have one to, to me. You have to ask her about that one. But she's like, That's not any more comforting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's like out of. My whole family, I'm the only one that's into horror movies and, and ghosts and stuff. It's like everyone was sort of like accepting of it. And especially my mom was very, you know, she, but she was, you know, you saw her in the movie. Yeah, she yeah, was like yeah. just a re regular woman, you know, just liberal, uh, kind of new agey. Um, <clears throat> but I, it's like I'm the only one that has this thing of this attraction to to dark art and, and horror and, and stuff like that. So it's just it's, you know, as much as it seems like, oh, I'm kind of the product of my environment. I had um, early childhood traumas uh, and and uh, kind of connected with horror movies maybe because of that. Mm -hmm. In a way, it's like I was able to relate my feelings I was having um, in this situation. I was kind of relating those feelings when I see a scary movie because I felt scared all the time. And we grew up with <clears throat> ghosts and hauntings and out-of-bodies and blah, blah, blah. But it's like none of the other – no one else in the family has this – connection feels this connection to to dark imagery mm -hmm. so it, it really it's like it almost feels more of a cosmic a cosmic thing in a way and yeah. uh uh like it's genetic i'm just this is just how i am i just like this stuff i'm just inter it just yeah. it, it touches me yep. yeah you know because you'd think maybe the whole family was like this but it's it wasn't like that you know so well, it, it just the fact that i was raised yeah. in that environment it just is, you know, I don't want to say a coincidence because it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. It seems more like a, a, a synchronous, synchronistic kind yeah. of thing or something. Same with like my stepdad being an artist. Yeah. <clears throat> At that point, I already knew I was an artist when I was like in the first grade. So to suddenly be living with an artist was kind of amazing. You know, yeah, and he was surrealistic too in, in his art because mm -hmm. I peeked at some of his stuff too on the internet yeah. and yeah. had a surreal vibe to it. Mm hmm. Beautiful totally kind of, he was, I don't know, he was kind of considered a fantasy artist in that way. He was mm -hmm. really into Frazetta and Boris Vallejo, and um, he did a lot of, <clears throat> I don't know, it was, it was, he was, it was, we had a show together called When Worlds Collide, but we, we did have one art show together mm -hmm. while he was alive, and um, 
it was like his stuff, which is all light and fairies and meditating people floating <laughs> and my stuff, which is all dark and creepy and weird. And it was like, it made such a great show. It's people a good loved title. it. title. You know, yeah, it was his idea. We've thrown around the terms, you know, creepy and horror and stuff like that when it, when it, in regards to your art, Chet. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, I was looking at, as I said, I was looking at stuff yesterday and today a lot. And, you know, I don't, I mean, creepy, it's, it's an easy word, I think, to throw at that because I mean, yeah, I think the images that you've created, the, these, these characters you've created in these images, um, maybe, and again, maybe it's just my perception. I, I'm sure somebody would just go, oh my God, it's creepy. I, I'm, they, mm-hmm. That just pops, it just comes right off your mind. I get it. Right. But right. to me, when you look at those things, there's nothing really gory about, I mean, I don't really... Horror, I know horror and gore are kind of two different things. They have their own mm. spaces, right? right? But I know some people, that's how they, they would relate that. I say, well, it's gore. And I'm like, there's not really any gore with you. I don't consider it gory and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, skin yeah. tones and things like that, I get they can, you know, regular skin looks a certain way. And I know that, you know, some of the, some of the, the creatures, we'll call them, that you created, yeah, they do have weird skin. <laughs> That doesn't mean they're gross, though, to me, or gory. That's just something different. They're not – one of the things that from the documentary that I that someone said, because there was a lot of people talking on there, and one of the things that someone said is, like, if you if you look at Chet's paintings, they're always – they always look like they're getting ready to do something, like something – maybe it isn't a matter of that there's something happening terrible in front of you <laughs> right there in your but, face. Yeah, but it's about to. It's about to, <laughs> right? And to me – I mean, the greatest horror, the greatest, I mean, I would say the most disturbing things I've ever experienced as far as art are things like that where they're way more subtle. Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's what you don't see. Yeah, it's what you don't see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's all, I'm trying to, the stuff that I like to create is where you can't put your finger on it, but something's like, something's off or weird. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but you're not sure. You know, I got this, like, for example, there's, you know, there's one painting I've got, this old, really old one called um, Hanky Panky. (laughs) And uh, it's a a scary looking guy, big, like a hulky guy with kind of like a weird cone head and not really a face, but like a, a mouth. And he's holding up like a handkerchief with his pinkies out, like he's all dainty. And the handkerchief's got blood on it yeah yeah and and it's like that i've had so many interpretations of that painting. i bet but but that to me is like that's that, that just nails it for me because it's like it you know you're not sure what it's about but it really evokes a feeling and it's dark but it's kind of funny too because i really do kind of like you know humor and have that in some of my paintings as well so I'm always trying to go for, you know, the not so obvious thing. I think a lot of younger artists that are uh that get into dark art maybe like kind of are too heavy handed with it. But, you know, after you I think any artist maybe is too heavy handed with their message when they first start out. But I'm always <laughs> I, I like the mystery, you know, and I really think that's kind of the the main connection between dark art, paranormal stuff, spirituality is the is the sense of mystery. You know, it's yeah. like you're not sure because it's like all this stuff. That's what that's why it's scary because it's mysterious and we don't really know what it means 100 percent. You know, I think that's the most intriguing element about it is the mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally. what really me draws too. me in. I'm not I mean, I'm looking at a whole 
page of, of your work right now. And there's the one Mabus or uh, Mabus, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which you were talking about that little bit of humor. Well, I look at that and I, yeah, it's funny. I, I, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's disturbing to a degree, but it's also my initial reaction to it was, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of giggled yeah. inside a little bit. Yeah, I, I grew up on Mad Magazine in the seventies. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, it's all Monty Python. You know, it's like that. That was humor was always there as well. And and my stepdad was a really funny guy and lighthearted and always joking. And so mm-hmm. you know, that's it. You know, the, the artwork is really without sounding too pretentious or you know like a pretentious ass or whatever. <laughs> it's, it really, it's it's a it's. And it's an expression of who I am, really. Yeah. It is, you know. So I think it's like, what for what whatever that means, I don't really know. But it really is like a pure expression of of myself and mm-hmm. what I what I love and what I feel, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that can be and, and, and when you say when we say dark art, for example, and that can cover a lot of different things. Like we already said, humor is a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of dark art I've seen, and they do have. I mean. There are, I've seen other people who have attempted this type of art and yeah, they do. They just go, they just go too far. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, dude, like that's, I mean, well, yeah, a lot, a lot of, but that, you know, a lot of the, especially a lot of those, um, old, uh, metal album covers where it's just like oh, people God. just being ripped apart, but it's like, they're, yeah. they're going for, <laughs> that's, that, that's kind of like another little offshoot of dark art. Mm-hmm. It's under that umbrella, but it's a, a little part of it which is more of like a shock yep. shocking art and gory art and it's like that's fine I'm, I'm not really that into it but um you know it's still well, it, it's in the realm it's not a bowl of fruit you know it, yeah <laughs> it, well, it, it invokes an emotion which i yeah, think it is invokes cool. an emotion and, and the music it goes with the music so it makes sense yeah i think the thing that i i have an issue with nowadays with that stuff is i guess uh, me and we have plenty of congregations here where we're at and have these debates about things that we're talking about, about art like that. And I, mm-hmm. and I go, man, you know, I'm sorry, mate. I, I, it, it just, I'm not into it. Like, okay, how far right. can we push this? And there's just certain band names I hear. I'm like, dude, that is just stupid. Dying yeah. fetus. Well, no, don't you, no, those guys get a pass. I understand you like them, but the name is the name stupid. Is ridiculous. And you yeah. know what? I'm sorry. From a marketing perspective, I am not going to wear your shirt no matter how good you are. <laughs> okay. Because of a stupid name. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I've seen some art like that um, where I'm just like, okay, dude, no, I don't have the stomach for this anymore. I can't deal with this. This is just too much. No. I, yeah, you get, you get older and also your, I think your taste change. I mean, my tastes definitely have changed. It's yeah. like I'm definitely more into subtlety. When you're younger, you're more into shock value. And yeah. I used to like all those gory movies and stuff, you know, because it was shocking and crazy. Mm-hmm. But you just, you know, you change as you get older. But um, a, a premise that's, that's disturbing um, – whether it's a, whether it's something visual or a story or whatever it might be, and I guess that's kind of where how I feel now is, I just want if I'm going in that direction, if I want to experience something in that area, I want to be disturbed to a certain degree, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's difficult to do. I think that's just my that's just my take on that. I guess, but it's just I just want that element of being disturbed i guess now not to be like oh look it's uh they're throwing people in a wood chipper and, <laughs> yeah. right wow, neat. that's that's fun okay gross. well i like but, a little more intelligence behind it than just yeah blood and gore yeah yeah i i like yeah i like i like smart things you know i yeah. like smart people and intelligent ideas and creative things it's like that's what i'm into it's it's um you know sh- you know shocking shock values 
cheap. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cheap and it's easy, but I'm not going to, you know, look down on someone cause they're into it. Cause everyone likes whatever they like. Right. You know, some people, I remember this friend of mine who was an effects guy. He, uh, he used to, you know, Gigi Allen. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, he was just, it's so funny because he's this really mellow old punk rocker dude. And he would like, he's like, I'd be, he'd have his headphones on. What do you listen to? It's like, oh, I'm listening to Gigi Allen. It just, I don't know. It just relaxes me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody's got their weird thing. You know, it's cool. I just think poop. I just, right away, I just, God, Gigi, way I just to go, Amber. that's all I think about when I hear him poop. I, yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I I'll, wish th- I could only think of poop when I thought <laughs> I'd seen the. I'll throw this out there. One of the last shows he played was it was in '93, I think, when he died, 1993. Uh-huh. My buddies went. He played at a club called Todd's here in uh, in, in Detroit. Well, it's, it's, it was in Detroit, and some friends of mine from school were like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Gigi Allen." And I, I mean, this was pre-internet, right? I mean, this was just barely pre-internet, but right, um, and. <laughs> I mean, but it was already a, it was it was spread like welfare. Like, okay, yeah, you go to a Gigi Allen show. The guy strips down naked and more or less throws his poop. Okay, thank you. <laughs> throws his stuff at the crowd, and I'm sorry. I'm like, guys, I heard that this is what happens at the show, Sick. and I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not in interested. Gigi Allen's. Go ahead, Amber. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not interested. But no, yeah, I mean, but music-wise, okay, fine. But yeah, that's just one of those things like, and again, that, that was like, I was just barely 18 at that point. And it's like, no, I don't have the Were your friends for that. disgusted by it when they came home? You know, they, I don't think they ended up going either. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they probably, they probably said, hey, Scott's got a good point. I don't want to have, go ahead, Amber, say it. Poop. Okay, all right, great. Is I don't want to have that thrown at me. This is the word of it's the night. It's just the word of the night, apparently. This is, <laughs> this is going to be great. I can only say it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing about shock art and, and music, whatever, it's like there's only so far you can go with it. Right. You know, it's like what he, his whole thing was he was threat. He was going to kill himself on one night. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's about that's as far as you can go. He didn't do it, but it's yeah. like th- that's as far as you can go, and then it ends. And it's like that's just so – that's not – I don't know. To me, like, paint, monster, the reason I thought, you know, I, painting monsters would be a good idea is because it's a subject that I feel like I would never tire of. Yeah. And it's like you could just do so much with it. And, uh, you know, back to Hieronymus Bosch, um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny that you bring Hieronymus Bosch up. That that painting that you're talking about is from from that triptych he did called the Garden of Earthly Delights, and it's like one side is heaven and one yes. side is hell, and then in the center is like the Garden of Eden yep. or something like yep. that. Yeah. Nobody talks about the other two parts; they only talk about the hell part, and it's like that's because that's where the interesting yeah, stuff is. Exactly, you know, that's where all the like that's where everybody. It's like it's that's the most it, to me. It's just like in this kind of endless well of uh, inspiration and ideas come from from the dark I, the dark stuff i know? think that guy was taking some psychedelics or something because it seems so Probably. similar <laughs> to like other people that have experimented with that uh and i know some of that it's like the what was it the flemish movement or something he was part of that i know there's some other artists that were a little similar to him at the time uh doing some odd stuff like that whether you know they were just inspired after seeing his work or what but uh, it, it his stuff is trippy. If if you're a listener out there and yeah. you don't know his stuff, Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, if you can't spell harmonious or however, it's like B O S C H. Yeah, just, just spell that thing. and weird art, and you'll find <laughs> it. Like yeah. Google will figure yeah. it out. Um, Garden, of, Garden of Earth, yeah. or just Bosch Garden of Earth yep. Delights. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure and, you probably have seen it too. And there's just so many things <laughs> to stare hard at in that painting. There's so much yeah. going on. It's like a Where's Waldo of like effed up. <laughs> <laughs> demons yeah it's yeah. but you know when, when where's it comes waldo to, in hell <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to shock value though you're right though shock value has an expiration date it's it, right. it's like we think back to ozzy oh, and, and biting bats or alice cooper or, or jump scares right. um jump yeah, scares sure, right the, sure. that's the modern day cop sure. out when it comes to any type totally. of horror or whatever i mean jump scares were when they I, when they started surfacing like damn twenty years ago now, uh, mm-hmm. when you'd get them goofy the goofy maze video whatever it was, there was a lot of stuff on the internet at the time that would have Linda Blair's face blow up on you and right. dude it sucked <laughs> it yeah. was not fun it really cheap. you could feel your heart cheap break. cheap it, and easy yeah but it, it was fun for a while but I mean I've seen a handful right. of movies where I'm like. Yeah, this is just okay. This is just a bunch of stupid jump scares. This is nothing yeah. like really, really thought invoking. I mean, it just it's okay. Fine. Can we get done with this, please? <laughs> yeah, jump scares should just be sprinkled in, like like a seasoning, just just a little touch of it. Yeah, because they're very effective. You know? they're, yeah, they're very effective. Helps to build tension and on the yeah. overall thing. And but it but it's cheap. I mean, and, but it, yeah, it's one when it's one after the other. It's just uh, it pisses me off. I mean, nothing pisses me off more than. <laughs> cheesy jump scare scares over and over because they you know because they they're they aren't able to come up with creepy and atmospheric you know yeah and that's really where it's at again i go back to what i said before about just uh, uh, something that disturbs me that i that i leave right, right. A, a different but you know it can disturb me but i mean to me i guess the ultimate is uh, you know just being disturbed in a different way that i've never experienced before. right right uh, this just, is what David Lynch is so great at. I mean, this is why I, I kind of consider David Lynch in, in the tradition of dark art. You yeah, know? totally. Well, Ari Oster, I know, I, and I saw on your website, I saw a picture from Hereditary, for example, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the woman from Hereditary. I saw that, and I was like, oh, neato, because, I mean, Hereditary was one of those films for me a couple of years ago, and I know it, it had mixed reviews, but, man, that movie messed I, me up for a while. Oh, yeah, I dug it. I <laughs> that dug movie it. totally tripped me out. I mean, Yeah, it was creepy. It's like they finally, someone finally did something like unusual i mean it wasn't unusual in the whole cult aspect and that's kind of was my only criticism of it because mm-hmm. it really does um further the stereo the classic hollywood stereotype that a cult it occults uh, cults occultism is full of cults of with <laughs> evil yeah. witches and demon yeah. demon demonic satan worshipers and it's really not at all and um, but other than that, you know, I, I give it a pass because I'm a horror movie fan. But you know, some of the imagery was just so disturbing. It was like, ah, oh, I remember like smiling when I saw that body floating. <laughs> dude, the, the, that oh, is like dude. so cool and weird. And oh my god, I remember we saw that in the theater, and it's one of the few times I've felt this way in a very long time, honestly, about about a movie. This the, the towards the is the last act of the film, uh, right before the body was floating um mm-hmm. where the where peter the young boy the, the the teenage son was walking through the dark house mm-hmm. um and there's some there's a handful of things that i had i had friends like oh you didn't see that part in the bedroom when she was floating above him and stuff like that in the bedroom mm-hmm. like, no i didn't see that i saw that I nearly flipped out when i saw that <laughs> but that whole scene in the dark 
him walking around the house and his mom stalking him, and then yeah. the, the, the random naked dude in the doorway. That that kind of oh, tripped man, me out. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was it's like oh, a naked guy, but it still was very surreal. Yeah. And I actually felt, especially when I saw we saw it in the theater, I really felt like like truly immersed in something. Like I was. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else, I wasn't, you know, in a theater. I was in that movie. I was in that scene, um, right. and nothing. I could not sense anything else. Like I was really totally removed from reality for for a short time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that 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 whole idea alone is what kind of made me really love that movie. Was just being removed. Like it got me so far into it. I love that whole. Right. Um, yeah, that's it's really like a it's it's like. Um... You know, it's like a nightmare. It's like nightmare imagery is the same, you know, disturbing in, in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if it, it, it's just like, you know, if it's if it's good enough for a nightmare, it's good enough for a movie. I mean, nightmares are valid, you know, representations of our psychology and what's going on inside of us. Completely. So it's it should be valid for artistic exploration. You know, Absolutely. it's part of who we are. Everybody has nightmares, you know. Everybody has experienced things like this. It's part of being a human. Let's talk about ego death for a second because we you mentioned that before and I really wanted to chat with you about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. You did a whole show on this basically and it's, it's, yeah. it's in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to hear about the idea behind it though as far as ego death. I mean, what does this mean to you? I know what it means to me. <laughs> uh, well, the, an ego de- technically an ego death experience is when you have like a um, a big spiritual breakthrough from you know usually it's associated with psych- taking large doses of psychedelics, but it can be you know almost dying or you know getting in a car wreck or having some terrible trauma happen to you or just random it could just just happens to people sometimes it's like the state of mind where you transcend your own ego and it's and it's not ego in the sense of like oh i'm a badass i'm uh, you know egotistical it's not really the same it's like the e- it's more like the jungian ego of mm-hmm. your ego is who you think you are on the surface you know who you believe you you are this body your clothes how you look your job your identity that's that's it's an it's the ego in that sense and you know the idea being that when you if if you have these experiences you can transcend that and then you become your real self for a short period of time which is like you know uh you without all the baggage you know like a pure spiritual version of yourself like a clear thinking not scared being yeah you know so that's kind of like the, the 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 idea that i uh uh, and it, it sounded cool. It sounded like, oh, I could do like a spiritual dark art show with a and, and with the ego death title, which Im- implies spirituality and um, enlightenment. But it's got the word death in it, which yeah. is people don't like and associate it with scary things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a perfect dark art show. I thought. And yeah. you did a Kickstarter to raise money for this, and I what how what how much did you end up raising? It was a lot. It was like, uh, was it over like eighty eight thousand? It was. Well, we we kickstarted the 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 documentary, and I think we got seventy thousand for oh, that. Okay, and then and then we kickstarted. I don't. Did we kickstart the ego death show? 
Okay, what I don't know. I, I don't know because I just saw something like with Kickstarter online, and then I think it was—I don't know if that came up. I, I kickstarted the, the, the documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did the documentary, and then we did another round of Kickstarter for, and we got another thirty grand to finish it. Oh, that's great. And then um, maybe we, I don't—you know what—I don't even remember if we did an ego death Kickstarter because we did a um, uh, 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 Kickstarter for my show. Just yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We did. Uh, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, I'm just looking it up online. No, um, I, while you're looking, I just think that's so incredible how fans now, thanks to sites like Kickstarter, yeah, seventy seventy grand. Oh, that's amazing. Grand. That's so cool. But you can get yeah, the people, so it was all put towards the show, which was amazing. Yeah, and you can get the people that want to rally around you and support you yeah. to mm-hmm. say, I want to take my money. And and put it to what you know, awesome stuff that you're gonna do that I'm gonna enjoy even more. Yeah, yeah. and right. I would have loved to have gone to a show like the Ego Death show because when you're watching the documentary, you see that this is like all of the paintings are in amazing frames, and then you right. have actors walking through dressed as yeah, like it was so cool. Oh, it was so like cool. and then and it was made up like a funeral. You yes. know, the whole show show was like a funeral for, home, for like a viewing ego. with a with yeah, a, a death for the ego, a and there was a the eulogy ego. that was. Yeah, red. it was red. Yeah, for the ego, and that's, oh, what, yeah, that's yeah. what made me think about that. And I think if that was the story that what you guys that was actually filmed was the guy sitting in front yes. of one of the paintings, also just kind of so sitting there. Weird. Yeah, that was crazy. That, that tripped crazy. me out. And yeah, you, and that's then, what I was saying. That crazy synchronicity in the email. It's like mm-hmm. we happened to get it on film, and it's like people could say it's staged. You know, because they weren't there, but I was there, and I know it wasn't staged. And yeah. I talked to the guy, and it's like I saw it happen. It was crazy. Can you explain that for listeners who may haven't yeah, seen the documentary use- yet? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's in the documentary too, if you uh, uh, want to see it. But um, yeah, it was it was we did a pre-opening at a place called Barnsdale Art Park, which is kind of like a fancy schmancy gallery. I don't know how we got in there, but it was like a big, <laughs> a big like kind of regular gallery. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, like a LA, like a city gallery, like a municipal gallery, yeah. and and it was broken up into different shows and different rooms. And I had this, we were kind of doing the preview of the ego death paintings before the show without all the props and stuff. So it was just kind of like in a regular museum setting. And this guy came. I mean, there's people started filtering in. There wasn't a ton of um, people yet but they were starting to gather and this one guy came in i noticed him because he had a like a black cape and a hood on and i was like that's kind of weird it's not what you normally see at a fancy art show but you know it had like a lot of different people (laughs) different types of people there so i was like yeah that's cool and so he went and i noticed that the, the the centerpiece for the the centerpiece for the show was this meditating Grim Reaper. That was mm-hmm. my main, the big painting. It was like a 36 by 48 painting in the center of the room. And then all the little paintings kind of went off of it. And um, behind him are a bunch of my monsters from old paintings kind of looking at him in surprise. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the basic idea is the Grim Reaper is attaining enlightenment and all of the monsters are going, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, this dude with the hood, walks over um, and sits down in front of the painting and then he starts swaying back and forth. He's facing the painting and we're all behind him going, what the hell is this guy doing? Like I thought he was going to maybe perform. I didn't know yeah. this guy. Maybe he's going to perform some ritual or or what or do some performance. I had no idea and I was kind of tripping out. And so I finally was like, I'm going to go ask him what's going on because there was a bunch of people around looking at him 
going, you know, we're all looking at each other like, what the Waiting. hell's going on? So yeah. I, I went up and uh, asked him, hey, what do you, what's going on, man? You know, I said, you look just like that painting because he was sitting like cross-legged. Like, in and the, front painting of the painting is called so Ego was, Death, if I'm, if yeah, I'm correct. The, yeah, yeah, and the painting's called Ego Death. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, oh, dude, I was just plugging my phone in because there's an outlet down here. Right. <laughs> so he was charging his phone and he was swaying because he was listening to music on his uh. phone. And I was like, what did I, he's like, yeah. He, I was like, do you know my art or anything? Or and he's like, no. I was just here for the show because it was a bunch of different shows at, at once. Yeah. And um, and and uh, I was, and it was just weird because he sat in front of it and it was like a mirror reflection. I was telling my friend Gabe Leonard about it. He's a great painter, and he was like, yeah. And 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 all the people behind him were like the people behind him in your painting. Yeah. Because yeah. We, it was yeah. literally like the painting manifest physically. Yeah. And it was like, and he, and once I realized that it was like, this is insane. You, you, you know, that you this is, if this isn't like evidence that, that things aren't as they appear in this yeah, reality, right. then I don't know what is, you know, that's just too it's much. It was like the element. craziest synchronicity I ever had. And yeah. we cop captured it on film, which is amazing. The funniest part about that is, I mean, as the story is unfolding in the documentary, I'm like, Okay, this is one of those guys. I've seen these people at art exhibits. They get really I, weird. That's what I thought they right away. They get really too. wild, man. Like he's been yep. preparing for this, yeah, right? Like, this you know, is he's his like, moment. He's like a big, he's a huge fan. Yeah. And he, yeah, this, this right. was his big night, <laughs> right? Charge him a phone. And, and none of that's none of that's bad. Uh, and then yeah, yeah. when you get up, they, they you walk over there. They they put it's on film. You walk over there, and the guy <laughs> pops off his hood, and he's like some surfer guy. Right? Like, hey, what's up, yeah, man? How are you? What? Chill, dude. The guy had contacts in, like crazy contacts in. He was just like a trippy guy, art, art guy. You yeah, know? yeah, just totally fun loving. You know, harmless <laughs> yep. dude, just trying to have fun. Totally. And he yep. and he just wanted to charge his phone. <laughs> yeah, this hilarious. hilarious. It was hilarious, and it was like a show about spirituality and enlightenment and it was just too much it was all like <laughs> yeah crazy crazy well i mean uh, and, and i love that that was one of my favorite parts of the documentary um i want to point that out again to you guys if you haven't seen this we we had a riot with this thing i like to paint monsters did i get it right this time because i was yeah it's called Ch the the, the, the district dis distributor wanted us to put my name in front of it for search web searches so it's called technically called chet czar I like to paint monsters, and it's on iTunes. You can rent it on iTunes, mm -hmm. get the DVD on Amazon, or you can go to my um, chetzar.bigcartel.com, and I have signed copies of the DVD on there as well. Ooh, yeah, and, and you can listen to more Chet at the Dark Art Society podcast, which I assume is also found mm -hmm. on every platform on the planet. Yeah, yeah and all the platforms. I've already subscribed to it on Spotify. Yes. Oh, cool. So I will cool. get notifications on there, and... I, a warning to people, do not go on Amazon in search of Chet's book because they want $900 for it. Oh, God. Stupid. Yeah, no so I was you can like, get it from my, uh, my web, yep. chetsart.bigcartel.com for 35 bucks. Yeah, which we will be linking on. So I thought, boy, I thought my first thought when I saw that was, oh, maybe it's out of print. You know, Then, then it, you see that kind of stuff, those kind of prices. So then I go to Chet's website, and I'm like, oh, it's not out of print. It's $35. And well, so I bought it, it immediately. It is out of print, oh, but I have it? all the remaining copies. Oh, and I'm it's so like, glad so I it's like, one, then. And I have a bunch of copies, and it's taking up half my garage. Oh, good. So. <laughs> Everyone go buy one. Help <laughs> relieve space for Chet. It's a good book. It's a really – I, was so, oh, I, I, I wasn't that involved in creating it. It was like a publisher, a friend of mine did it, and it came out – better than i could have hoped it's really a nice art book oh cool well chet thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to speak to us this has been a ride we hope you've enjoyed yourself too yeah super fun my pleasure um can i can i give some 
shout outs yes. to uh, absolutely absolutely okay yeah okay uh yeah darkartsociety.com is where you can find the the podcast we've had like artists like uh brahm and chris cooksey and a lot of makeup effects people on there yeah. and um f- my friends from the makeup effects industry and also we talk about paranormal stuff which we didn't get to talk about as much as i would have liked to <sighs> you know but, i weren't uh, i'll come on if you want i'll come on again and we can just talk strictly about ghosts we're yeah. gonna but, have to do that <laughs> yeah we are because yeah, i'm sorry we could we got we nerded out so hard I know. On, this, <laughs> on this one I'm totally um, into that, man. I was like the kid at the at the li- that would I would go to the library and get books yes. with ghosts. Like Section I have my favorite ghost, my favorite ghost photos, and it's like the one. There's the one with that. You could see the hand on the stairway. Yep, the tulip staircase. Yep. The tulip yeah, staircase. And, and, and the other one is that black shape coming down the stairs. Yep, That's the brown lady. Like, yep. Yeah, the brown. Yeah, yeah. Those are my two. Yep. Those were two huge influences uh, on me as a kid. But, but that's but next we can talk about that next time if you want. Yeah, <laughs> we can't because we got we, we got all the paint stuff out we of got, way. We got, we the, got art. the art out of the <laughs> way. Let's talk about the good stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, but I you know I go back to what I said a while ago though again because I mean yeah this show we do talk about a lot we do we talk about all the crazy stuff that happens in the world all ghosts and, and UFOs mm-hmm. and whatnot but. You know, we really like to talk about art too because I think it has a big part in inspiring as far as well, as far as the paranormal and the, well, and the definitely strange, connected, it's, it's inspiring connected, and, yeah. and attempting to explain. It, yeah, trying yeah. to explain. So, yeah, we got to have you back on again, Chad. And yeah, we'll just say, okay, yeah. guys, we got to totally cut off that pipe right there. No right. art, even though that'll he, be hard to do. He draws and paints. Go look at it. Okay, and yeah. talk. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> or like, yeah, listen to the listen to the other yeah, podcast. Go to the, yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> but but uh, I, I'm, most of the stuff I'm at, on Instagram, I'm at Chetzar, C H E T Z R one word and my website is chetzar.com it's kind of messed up right now but it's being worked on and most of the stuff i'm doing is on patreon which is um patreon.com slash chetzar and you can join for as little as a dollar a month and i'm always posting every just about every day like my new work and projects i'm working on Mm -hmm. and uh stuff like that and then the dark art society has a patreon too it's uh, patreon.com slash dark art society and we have a little like private facebook group where this the hardcore Dark art fans and artists are kind of um, forming this community. It's really kind of amazing. Cool. We're going to make sure we link all that stuff up when we post this show. And I'm going to so. go sign up for uh, all of it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's what a great I do. Community. It's really cool. <laughs> no, thank you again, Chet. We really appreciate it. We're going to have to do it again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Ghostly Talk. <laughs>